When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. Hello, it is Ryan, and we could all use an extra bright spot in our day, couldn't we? Just to make up for things like sitting in traffic, doing the dishes, counting your steps, you know, all the mundane stuff. That is why I'm such a big fan of Chumba Casino. Chumba Casino has all your favorite social casino-style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere with daily bonuses. That should brighten your day, lo. Actually, a lot. So sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. That's ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. VTW. Void. We're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus. Alright, thanks for clicking on this latest West London Sport QPR podcast. Just a bit of a disclaimer before you start watching. There was an issue with the sound. Uh, Mark Bertram's microphone, you can hear a bit of crackling. Um, but it does get better as the podcast goes on. And we were weighing up whether to put it out, but it's all good stuff. So we thought we'd get it out. But just to warn you, there is a bit of an issue with his sound. Um, so yeah, but apologies and thanks for watching. Hello, thanks for joining us for this West London Sport QPR podcast. I'm Dan Bennett. I'm joined as ever by Ian McCullough. Uh, no Kev Gallen this week because he is away in Italy. Uh, anyway, joining us from Italy is uh, is Mark Bertram, another former QPR player and uh, and coach. So, Mark, thanks for uh, thanks so much for for coming on. Um, I mean, it's just another thing as well. Before we start, I want to say is um, I know a few people have been reaching out to us and saying that are these podcasts going to be on streaming platforms? And I just want to say that is something that we're um, that we're looking into now as well, um, just to let you know. So we might have some progress on that in. in Next couple of weeks, hopefully. Um, but anyway, the championship season gets underway on Saturday. QPR travel to Blackburn Rovers. Uh, Mick Beal's first competitive game in charge uh, for him. Um, so, Mark, I just want to come to you first. From like what you've seen from QPR in pre-season so far, from the transfer business they've done, how are you feeling going into the season for QPR? Are you feeling confident? I'm still getting over being a substitute for Kev because he can't make it because he's in the same country. <laughs> <laughs> you got to have a no. word with him, I think. Uh, yeah, trying to have a word with him, it don't seem to be working, but yeah, QPR, am I confident? Are we ever confident as QPR fans? Because probably the best thing that could have happened to us, we lost the Crystal Palace reserves and we lost quite comfortably to them. I think the worst thing could have happened is like when we beat Man United under 18s last year, where we was instantly going to win the league. So at least it's taking the expectations down. If we'd have beat Palace, then it, it, all the expectations would have been up. But you got to look at our squad and is it good enough to, at the minute, is it good enough to go up to the Premier League, which I have to say, hand on my heart, no. Uh, but we've got to look to 
try and improve on last year. If we keep improving year on year league position, then we'll get there finally. But I think to go up, you're going to need at least 45 goals from your attacking players. And have we got that in the team? I don't, I don't think we have at the minute. So uh, we may be wrong. Chrissy Willock, we're putting a lot of pressure on him when really he had a good six months. He's not been a regular... Uh, producer of performances in the last three years, you can say. So to put a lot of pressure on that lad is, is going to be harsh. We need to share it out. And look, I, if we get mid-table, I, I can see us being that sort of team, really, with the, the squad that we've got. Yeah. Is that a big thing for you when you look at the squad? Like When you look at the players that have come in, is it still that those attacking areas for you that you think are, are lacking? Obviously, Mick Beal said earlier that he's quite keen on bringing another striker and he's open to doing that. Um, is that like where you think the squad is still lacking at this moment in time? Yeah, but I think if you ask the other 92 football league clubs, they'll all say the same thing. They want a striker. And normally, you very rarely get good strikers on the free. You normally have to pay decent money for, for centre-forwards that score goals. And if we're not paying that sort of money out, then you can't really look to bring in too much high-quality guaranteed goals. You never guarantee goals, but a, a centre-forward with a track record of scoring goals, I think that's the problem. I think Lyndon Dykes as a centre-forward works. I've said it before, he, he reminds me of a Rob Stein. He sort of runs and has a bundle up, but he's, I don't think he's an excellent goal scorer. He's not, not exceptional in the air. He's not exceptional in the pace. He's like a 7 out of 10 most categories. So I think he could be... He can lead the line a bit, but he needs someone with him. Yeah. What have you made of the guys that have come in, though? Do you feel like the recruitment's been pretty good this summer from, from the guys they have got in? I think if you speak to Everton fans, they thought their recruitment was really good for the last three years because they signed names and they signed James Rodriguez and they signed what yeah. Like, you can never tell. Normally, in the transfer window, being the other side of the line, if you sign... If you sign six players and three of them turn out to be really good, it's not that bad a transfer window. You, know, you know, normally need us. If you if you work on, I don't know, say you sign nine players and six are really good, that's the phenomenal window. You normally get three or four wrong. So we need to bring ten in for six to be good. And I, I don't know if we've done that in a minute, but because people play FIFA and Championship Manager, they, they sort of grade our transfer window before ball's been kicked, and that's probably the wrong thing. I do judge it after 10 games, and then you'll probably get the line of the land of how well the, the transfers have been. Ian, I'll turn it over to you. How are you feeling going into this season? Do you feel like QPR are in a good position to maybe do as they did last season and challenge near the top for large parts of it? How, how are you kind of feeling going into it? Yeah, I don't, I don't see any reason why they can't be sort of in the upper ends of the table. I, I think it's still predominantly the spine of a team is the same as last year. And, um, I mean, I maintain if Sandy Ziyang hadn't got injured when he did, I think Rangers, you know, could have been a playoff team. I really do. Cause you know, the goals that were lost due to bad goalkeeping and just the whole Tony sets from, from playing out the back and the defense seems a lot more settled when he's there. Um, there is a lot of pressure on, on Chris Willock, I think, which is, you know, potentially, um, could be a little bit unfair, but, you know, Ilias Chair's a year older and a year more experienced. I, I think he, he should have a good season. But um and uh, I quite like the uh, the signing of um I'm gonna get this is gonna kill me all season now. Taylor Taylor Richards and Tyler Taylor Robert. Richards and Tyler yeah. Roberts. Uh Taylor Richards I, I I quite like. I think he brings something that QBR didn't have last season, a bit of pace in, in midfield and 
ability to sort of bring the ball forward from defence and into attack. Um, and I'll be curious, actually, about Birch's thoughts on... Um, I know you said last year um, about Sam Field that you felt that his attacking side of his game wasn't sort of something we'd see much of and he needed to improve on it. And it seems that Michael Bill sort of shares that with you and sort of has tried to kind of open that up as part of his game to sort of make him more forward-thinking. So, um, yeah, I quite like that. And, you know, the question of Stephanie Hansen playing a more deeper role, jury's out maybe, but I can sort of see the thinking behind it. You know, the way he picks a pass and perhaps he hasn't got the legs to be the box-to-box player he perhaps was earlier in his career. That that will be interesting. But, um, yeah, I don't, I don't see there's no reason why Rangers can't be, you know, pushing for, you know, top six. I, I don't think they've got the squad to be challenging for a top three spot. I think, once again, the teams that have got parachute money in their back pockets will will sort of take up those spots. Um, but, I mean, you know, for much of last, last season, up until March, they were in the top four fell away due to various factors. Injuries were a big factor, but I, I don't see um, any reason why they, they can't push again. Um, my only worries would be, I'd say, 1-14. to 14, They've got a pretty strong squad, but beneath that is the depth there to kind of deal with a big injury crisis like they had last year. So, you know, if everyone stays fit, yeah, I don't see any reason why they can't push for the top six. Yeah, I'll bring you in on that, Bo. So that was an interesting point Ian said there about the kind of changes that um, Beal has made in terms of tactically, you know, switching to a four at the back um, and the kind of decision to move Soundfield a bit further forward. Do you, do you kind of like the things that you've seen from QPR in pre-season so far from the changes that we've seen from last well, season? I, I think in possession we'll be OK, but I think with Stephen Hansen's legs, I don't think he can play that holding midfielder. We have to... For me, we have to have 65 70% possession for him to play in that holding role if he's going to play on his own. If you're playing for two in there and Fields next to him, maybe, but if we're leaving Stefan there on his own, I don't... Well, I, 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 I can't see it working too well, but it's hard. I think Stefan was one of the probably players that were most disappointing last year, really. I think when he came on loan, he'd done so well. And then... Whether he was carrying injury, I didn't look fit. I just never thought he looked full tilt last year. So, if you play a four at the back, who's your centre back is going to be? I think James Dunn was probably one of our best players last year. So, you've got him, Dickey, you've got the uh, Clark sort, is it? So, one of them's got to be left out. Um, look, I don't know. Uh, and like Ian said, if you've got a good four in, then stats show that 25% of your squad's injured every. At any part of the season and all season, so mm. we probably need a bit of strength in depth. And I think that was like the undoing of Mark Warburton because I think we look back as a club and we will really regret last season. I don't think we're going to have such a good chance of going up again in the next three, four years. What was we in, in January? End of January, we was third. Uh, Even Daniel, like Mark third, was Daniel, like. You know, when you beat Luton, when they beat Luton, it was like you were back up to fourth. Even when the form yeah, was bad, think, you get the odd win. Yeah, you got you know, the transfer window. Why didn't we put more, like, go more into the transfer and get some in more January? Back? In January, because as I said, in the January we was third, two points behind second, and we end up missing out. And I can't see us being in that position again in the next two, three years because I don't think we're going to have the squad for it. So mm. I, I think we look back. I think it was. Even a good start season, look, we rode our luck. It's a lucky lends itself up. I think injuries to the goalkeeper is a big thing. Uh, but 
I think we was quite fortunate to be in the position we was. And then, what, we've been three games, I think it was, from January onwards to the end of the season. And I think with the struggles at, at the club, I think the powers that be want young players coming through. And I think Mark Warburton didn't think the young players were good enough. So it's stuck in a rock and a hard place. And I think that's why we've got Michael Bill, because he's a coach. I know the club said about, oh, they stuck it in the algorithm and the computer and he was top of every list. It's hard to be top of every list when you've not managed the game. So I don't know what stats that we're working on. So you'd have been better off coming out and said, look, we want a really good coach. We've heard he's one of the best coaches in the country um, and we're taking a gamble. And then we, like, as a club, you suffer that. Like, we've got a coach, they're going to go down that route and see if it works. Yeah. No, you'd, I think... have, you'd have come across Michael Bill quite a bit uh, sort of when you're a youth team. Manager days at QPR? No, I didn't know. No? no. You don't know him at all, no? No, I'm not. I know, people, of course, we're football through people and the people that know him. But it's a completely different kettle of fish being assistant to being a manager. Manager, you're going to have to man, man manage players and have a personality and you've got to have a nasty side and you've got to drop people. And as an assistant or a coach, you don't have to really do that you can just put on sessions and tell players how good they are and let the manager deal with it so that man management's a massive thing and getting the squad wanting to play for you that's of all the good managers that work for that's the one thing Neil Warnock in Holloway done like they got a squad wanting to play for them and, that, and they man managed brilliantly and you've got to have a personality to do that so that's why it is a gamble from QPR because Michael hasn't been the number one yet and I think people look past that it's not all about coaching Tactics are just a part of it. It's your personality, and uh, get look at the end of the day, they make the good managers that ever worked. Good managers that's ever worked at QPR of all their personalities. You go back from to Terry Venables, Jim Smith, uh, Ian Holloway, Neil Warnock, Jerry Francis, all their personalities. And so that's in high history, you've got to have that. And then tactics are a side of it. You've got to get a, a group of players wanting to play for you to do well. And so if Michael can do that, then he'll be halfway there. Mm. All right, Bert, so that brings me on to the big question. I'm going to throw it at you now. If you're looking at it now, everything you've seen in pre-season, I know it's hard. You know, the transfer window's not finished, so your prediction could all change. But on the face of it now, where do you think QPR will finish next season? Where, what do you think is a realistic goal for the club? <laughs> you're an absolute fool if you judge anything on pre-season. That's a fact. It don't matter. I've done pre-seasons where we won every game. Started the season, haven't won for four. I've done pre-seasons where we've lost every game and then we've gone unbeaten for four. So it, it's all about the start of the season, how you do and how the confidence, especially when you've got a new manager. It's all about how you start because if you don't start well and then you get on a roll, momentum is massive in football, whether it's good or bad. So look, if you offer... Honestly, as a QPR fan, I said I'd done a podcast at the start of last season, last season, and I'd done it at Christmas. And I said it should be a Latin under the badge. If there's a way to mess it up, QPR will find a way. So as a QPR fan, my whole life, I'm not at the end of last season, I wasn't surprised we didn't make playoffs. I expected it because that's sort of what we do. So <laughs> you know, the fans get really excited that even more now with social media, it you win a game, we're definitely going up. You lose a game, we're getting relegated. So I think we've just got to be level-headed. And I think if you if we improve on the position of last year, that's all we can ask for. But whether that mm. happens, I don't know. 
Do you think I've like not seen enough of us? Yeah. Do you feel like, like I said, it's not undecided yet? But do you feel like a playoff push has got to be the target then, given like last season and where they fell short? Do you feel like that has got to be the the mindset of the club again? Or do you feel like because of the managerial change and because of the kind of players that have left now? Do you feel like? He's kind of got himself a bit of time there, and that patience might be more important, even if he finishes, you know, mid table. Is that more acceptable because of the change that has happened at the club this summer? I don't know the time scale on the transition period because it seems like a QBR would have been in it for like 10, 15 years. Transition, <laughs> so I keep it in the transition period. So, as a fan, you just want to win games or you want to have an attacking team that, that will win games. So, that's what I'm saying that to improve on last year is going to be hard. Half a, half a new squad, a new manager that's been untested at this level. So, look, if, if you offered me 12, I'd bite your hands for it, off it now. I would, I really would. And then we can yeah. see where we are after that. Or, you, like last year, you've got to judge it at Christmas because there's a lot of uncertainties and unknowns about this squad and the, and the coaching squad. So, look, if we're, if we're in a comfortable position and, as I said, safe, and then we're mid-table, I would take that. Yeah, something I wanted to ask you about, but where you kind of touched on it a bit, it's like, so you've had coaching experience, so you'll be able to kind of go in first-hand into this. But like, you know, obviously a, a lot has been made since Beal's come in or before he came in and after Warburton left about the kind of need to balance the off-the-field stuff with bringing players through and, you know, prioritising youth development and then winning games. But when you're coaching, do you do you kind of have that in your head as well, the kind of ethos of the club and what they're trying to do? Or is it all just like results results we've got to win games Do, does that is there like a balance going on in your head when you're coaching well yeah yeah no it's hard when, when we with Ian, when we when i come back it was look we had to get the weight down to a third so and then we had an aging squad there was some older players that they all got told at christmas they wouldn't get in weren't getting new deals so you're having to deal with that they know they're not saying that it was good we had good Older pros, uh, Nedham, we had Jamie Mackey, we had Perchy, we had a lot of them that knew they weren't getting new deals, but really helped the young lads that were coming through. Ilias uh, uh, Easy was there. We had uh, Paul Smythe that come and, and done well. A number of them, we, we got the average age down. So I think it was just 24 from the squad that we had. So you're having to deal with that. You can't really bring too many new ones in. The ones that we did, they've done quite well. Luke Freeman, Matt Smith. So you're sort of balancing. You're trying to bring players through and you're trying to win games, which is, is very difficult. I just think as a mission statement of the club, it'd be made, it'd be made a lot easier for it. if our main priority is youth development and bringing players through and balancing the books. Then it ain't so much about winning. It's about bringing young players in, getting value on them, selling them on. And then if you're looking, there's no difference between finishing 11th or 16th, as long as you're standing in the league, produce, building your own players. But then, like last year, it's hard to have a manager that does believe in the young players because what Mark Wilburton clearly didn't really believe in the youngsters. And mm. if you don't believe in the youngsters and you're not playing the, playing the youngsters, you need to win games. And as soon as you start losing games, then it's looked at you're not producing players. So I think as a club, we're in a rock and a hard place at the minute. Are the youngsters good enough? Give them a chance. If they're not good enough, then you can go another way. Yeah, it does seem like QPR, in, like you said, in between those two places, aren't there? Whether it's like mounting a serious promotion push like they did last season or they want to go down the youth route and it's trying to do both is hard, isn't it? But um... Let's not beat around the bush. All we care about is winning as fans. We want QPR to win. We want QPR to go up there. That's 
that's our main priority. If we're bringing young players through, brilliant. But I suppose the finances of the club say something different. If you're from that side of things, you want to uh, bring players through. But as fans, we want QPR winning. And it's funny how it's turned around in this small time where you see clubs, say like 15 years ago, Brighton, Watford, Crystal Palace, Brighton weren't as big as QPR. You see where they've all progressed. And we've sort of been left behind. I think that's what hurts the most as a QPR fan. Like, um, last, last year I went to a game at Watford and to see their stadium and, and what's happened to them compared to what QPR was. QPR was always a bigger club, always a similar mm. size club to Crystal Palace. But then you look at Fulham, Brentford in, in the area, it's, it's a hard pill to swallow to see where we are at the minute. Yeah, no, I think you make a good point. So if, if, if I come on to you, the same question that I asked Birch, where you think... Uh, QPR will finish next season and everything that we kind of spoken about there about you know the kind of changing ideas at the club and everything that goes into it how are you feeling what what would be a successful season do you think for QPR next season what's a realistic expectation I think top, top 10 pushing on top 6 is realistic I think everything that Birch says so I agree with that but if you look at the division as a whole everyone's in the same boat you've got apart from you know the Burnleys and um Norwich's and that, we've still got, you know, loads of money, big bloated squads and going out and spending. This, every single club sort of from sort of the top six from last year downwards, it's, everyone's in the same boat. Everyone's, no one's got any money. Everyone's sort of juggling, hoping, you know, selling their best players to bring more players in. And and I think Rangers are in, in a reasonable spot with that because they've got good, they've got some good young players in that side or, Maybe shouldn't we shouldn't call him young anymore? I mean, Ilias Chair is twenty five now, so he's not a young player. He's a seasoned, um, he's seasoned. Uh, yeah, I was going to say that, Ian. Like, I come I joined QBR twenty as a twenty four year old, just turned twenty four as a seasoned pro. So it's like we've got me, Dave, twenty five, Ilias twenty five. They should be in the prime of their career. They're seasoned pros. They should be. Uh, yeah, and. Um, and I think Chair has got better each season he's been there, so I expect him to have another decent season this year. Um, I can't see any reason, any reason why Rangers shouldn't be. I mean, I look at teams like Luton last year; they did well to get in the playoffs. Cute, they're a better team than Luton last year. You know, I, I still believe the circumstances conspired against them in some ways. Yeah, they should have done more in January. I think in hindsight we can say that so that's probably yeah they they should have maybe signed another striker. Um, but it's like anyway, you get. A, like I just feel this time last year they were being tips to go down. They, you know, they were, a, you know, a two dodgy penalty decisions away from getting promoted. It's 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 so open. It really is. You know, you, you get a good start. You know, and you just just stay in there. Just you know, in racing terms, just stay in there. Just stay in in contention. Who knows what can happen? I really do think that. Um, again, was there any outstanding teams last year outside of Fulham? Middlesbrough would be decent. Norwich Forest, um, I suppose, since the yeah, Forest, Forest was bottom in October. And I said, I know, since Steve run. Cooper took over, they were pretty good. But I know what you're saying. It's like Bournemouth weren't all that convincing, were they? And like you say, it's, there weren't loads of great no, teams in the league. Teams like Swansea, and they're in a similar kind of boat to QPR, I suppose. They've got relegated and, you know, they've missed out on promotion twice. And now they're in a position now where they're sort of stagnated almost. I think, you know, I'm... I mean, little things around you. I know what Birch is saying about seeing Brentford and that. It, it's, it's it does stick in the craw. But I mean, I think this the thing with the training grounds is a huge thing for the football club. That's a massive thing, you know. 
in my lifetime, it's always been, you know, Guinness Training Ground and at Park Royal and, you know, the Bank of England Sports Ground on loan and then the British Gas Club. And, you know, to actually have somewhere that's theirs and sort of it looks magnificent is a, is a huge infrastructural thing for the club. So I do think they're heading in the right direction. But, um, you know, Mick Bill is making all the right noises, but, you know, he's never managed a team before. It's his first game as a manager. So we shall see. It's, um, but yeah, I'm, I'm more positive than I am, than I am negative about going into the season. I, I think there's just like it's a bit unknown. There's good, the teams are very average in the championship. It's very close, but we could just as easily get in the playoffs as we can be in a relegation battle. I think at the minute, I think it's that close. With mm. how out it's going to go for us, it could go either way. We don't know. I think there's a lot of unknown about this squad and this team. Where again, like Ian said, we could make playoffs, but we could easily be in a relegation battle. That's like, I think how, how fine it is in this league. Yeah, I mean, this is the difficult thing in it about doing these predictions now when the transfer window is still open so long because the season's starting so early. It's, it could all change. And, you know, they've got, like I said, brand new manager and he's never, you know, he's obviously a great coach. He's done a fantastic job wherever he's been and he's played a key role in bringing these youngsters through at Chelsea and Liverpool and, you know, everyone raves about him. But, you know, managing the championship is completely different. So it's just so much uncertainty going there. Um yeah, I mean, I'm, I like, I got asked this when I'd done a thing on um, Radio London as well the other day, and they said, like, where do you think QPR will finish? And I sort of said halfway, I think, is, like, a realistic expectation. I think Bill needs a bit of time to kind of bed his ideas in and, um, you know, kind of get to know the team. I think it will take that will take a bit of time, you know, especially as this is his first job. Um, but I think you look at the squad, I think it's good enough to, you know, challenge in the top half. You've got players like Jake Clark, so coming in, who was in a good Coventry team last year. Um, a lot of the guys, obviously, have, few of the guys have gone but a lot of the guys from last year have stayed Soundfield I think is a fantastic player I really do think he's gonna have a good season I think the reason he's not playing maybe at a higher level by now is because uh of his injuries you know he's had terrible injury problems in his career I think you're right Birch I think the, the attacking areas is where not not necessarily the number 10 roles because I think Ilias Chair and Chris Willock have showed that they can be very productive in the championship especially Chris Willock you know if he has another season like he did last year he'd probably say he's going on to the Premier League and Ilias Chair's got better every year, but it's just that striker spot, I think, and the, and the right back as well. I feel like they're kind of like a right back and a striker short at the moment, or like a couple of fullbacks and a striker short from really putting a team together that can seriously challenge for promotion. Um, that's kind of my opinion. So I think halfway would be a, a fair expectation. Yeah, let us know what your prediction is for the season and for the game on Saturday as well in the comments below. And uh, leave a like and subscribe. And uh, yeah. Big thanks for watching. Thanks, Birch, for joining us. And hopefully we'll have you back on at some point this season. (laughs) Good stuff. Thanks for watching. Sports Social Podcast Network. Hey guys, it is Ryan. I'm not sure if you know this about me, but I'm a bit of a fun fanatic when I can. I like to work, but I like fun too. It's a thing. And now the truth is out there. I can tell you about my favorite place to have fun. Chumba Casino. They have hundreds of social casino style games to choose from with new games released each week. You can play for free anytime, anywhere and each day brings a new chance to collect daily bonuses. So join me in the fun. Sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. VTW. Void. We're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus.